0: To God tonight, that everything we do in this camp meeting would be done with the urgency that I'll never get to do this again. I believe that the hours that we live in are just that crucial. But before we get too far along, let me tell you that it's a joy to be back in Arkansas with you again and with this district board, your district superintendent, and uh, I never, I won't ever forget how I felt when Brother Bennett called me uh, some time ago and talked to me about this, and then the fine letter that I received from Brother Lumpkin. Ever since knowing that I was coming here, I have sought God that God would give me what he would want me to have, and I found myself as the days approached and times drew near, I uh, searching God, seeking God, because I believe that these meetings that we're having now are crises meetings for the United Pentecostal Church. And the Lord spoke to me one day way out in the district of Montana. And strange as it was, I was preaching their camp meeting three weeks ago and I was studying about the service that night and God spoke to me about this service tonight. And I know that's hard to explain and I don't know what the Lord uh, had in mind about it other than I know when he talks to my heart. And so I'm glad to be here and to feel what I feel, the urgency. Of the Spirit of God. And before we embark into preaching the Word of the Lord, let me just talk to you a minute. Do you mind standing just for a moment? I'm going to be standing here for about two hours, and in a little bit you'll be wishing you could stand up. So uh, just enjoy what you're doing right now. But let me talk to you for a minute. What are you really looking for this year in a camp meeting? What do you think camp's going to be like next year? Do you really believe that you're going to come back to another camp meeting? How long are we going to be allowed to do what we're doing over and over and over and over again? Are you really satisfied with your station in life? Are you really happy with all you have from God? Are you uh, thrilled with your church just as it is? Do you want anything else? Are you satisfied to be as you are right now, and if you are, then you need to begin to analyze some other things and ask God, are you satisfied with uh, everything just like it is? Somehow there seems to be an awakening coming to us that uh, is almost astounding. God is doing things in this church that is surprising the most of us and i don't say that sarcastically neither do i say it in casting any reflection in any area but i have been genuinely surprised at some things that i have seen in the church of the living god i'm saying surprised not uh, to the point that i was disappointed But I have been thrilled at some of the things that God done that I didn't expect Him to do. And I believe that every bit of it, everything that I've seen, everything that I've looked at, and everything that I've been feeling, and everything that God is doing at this great church, I believe that it's pointing one great big finger toward one event. Jesus is coming sooner than you think He is. And... If I knew how soon he was coming. I wonder would this service be tonight just like it is if we really thought he would come maybe after this service tonight. Your superintendent said that he wouldn't care if the Lord would come during this camp meeting. Do you really mean that? You see, if we knew, if we knew he was coming, would you remain just like you are? Would your response to everything that's been said be just like it was? when I really believe with my heart that it's going to be that way without warning in a moment in a twinkling of an eye the trump of God is going to sound and he's going to take this church out of this world and so if you will allow me tonight I'd like to preach to you a dying man to dying men I'll never pass this way again. And I want to leave this camp with clean hands, a clean heart. I appeal to you, Church of the Living God, walk with God and love Him with your heart. Hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: To feel the pulsating of the Spirit as I feel it now causes me to cautiously approach the remainder of this service. I don't want to be the same. I want God to do something to me. I want to be changed. Oh, Brother past, you're a preacher. You got the Holy Ghost? That's true. I do my best to live for God. But there's something else. I don't know what it is. But as the heart pandeth after the water broke. That's the way I feel about that that I'm looking for in the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. The sweetness of his presence has come into this tabernacle. So much the more does it make it urgent that we follow the leading of the Spirit. I beg of you, no matter who you are, your stature, the least to the greatest, obey the Lord. Whatever God wants of you, let him have his way with you. Be sensitive to the Spirit. Be sensitive to the Spirit. You're living in a world that deals in spirits more than you'll ever believe. Spirits are so prevalent tonight. But that one sweet Spirit of the Holy Ghost, I like to be able to decipher out of it all and say, This is the Lord. This is what I'm looking for. This is what my soul cries for. So while you remain standing, I'd like to read a text of Scripture, quite lengthy. But the Word of the Lord is rich, and I've read in this great book that I have before me tonight, for the people of God have stood by the hour to hear the reading of the Word of the Lord. I've also read recently, and perhaps Brother Lumpkin can attest this maybe even more so than I can. They tell me that on the foreign fields in some areas they have a bell that they keep by the pulpit. Because when they say, let's everybody praise the Lord, if you didn't stop them, they'd just keep praising Him by the hour. Perhaps even on all night long, but they take the bell and ring that bell. It's time for us to do something else. Wouldn't you like to see it that away on this old campground? Hallelujah. hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. oh that God would give us a walk with him that we've never seen and that we've never found that God would take us into that secret place that we have never went yet oh that God would let us feel what we have never yet touched and felt in the kingdom of God this is the church's finest hour it's our greatest day don't mistaken sensitize yourself to that spirit I'd like to begin reading out of the book of Revelations chapter 3 I want to read verses 15 through 19 and then we will go to 1 Peter 1 and 12 followed by Mark 13 verses 45-46 and Mark 12 41-44 Mark 10, 17 to 21, and then last Luke chapter 16. Notice the reading of the word of the Lord. Revelation 3, verse 15. I know thy works. This statement is coming from one that you cannot debate with. Preliminary debate would not phase this one that's doing the speaking here when he says I know that is the omniscient that is the omnipotent that is the first and the last that says I know it's not that I think or I have an idea or I suspect it's that I know thy works that thou art neither hot nor cold nor hot And I would that thou were cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich. I want this audience to say, I am rich. Really, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, knowest thou not that thou art wretched, miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked? I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see as many as I love. I rebuke. First Peter, chapter one, verse twelve. Under whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that preach the gospel unto you, the, with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things, which things the angels desire to look into. Which things the angels desire to look into. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse eight. Now you are full, and now you are rich. You have reigned as kings without us, and I would to God that you did reign, that we also might reign with you. Now you are rich. Matthew chapter thirteen. And I begin reading at verse forty-five again. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls who when he found one pearl of great price went and sold all that he had and bought it. Mark chapter 12 chapter 10 verse 17 And when he was gone forth into the way he come One running and kneeled unto him and asked, said, Good Master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, and that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and thy mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Jesus beholding him loved him, one... And said unto him, one thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast; give to the poor and thou shalt have treasures in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at the saying, and he went away, for he had great possessions. Mark 12 and verse 41 through 44. And Jesus set over against the treasury, and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. And many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples, and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow, which cast in more, hath cast in more than them all, that hath cast in more than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all she had, even all her living." Out of that lengthy text tonight, there's a thread that runs through, and it's constantly reminding us of a man and his possessions, his riches. And I want to talk to you about a man and his riches. A rich man. A rich man. Probably not many of you really understand the term rich in this world. I don't suppose there's many of us rich tonight as the world calls people rich. But I want to talk to you about it. Because somewhere hidden in the heart of every man is that desire to become financially independent. We pursue that. But I want to talk to you about it a little while. A rich man and his riches. God, tonight be with us. Let us feel the touch of your Spirit as we feel it just now. And God, I pray that you would let me remain sensitive to that that I'm feeling in this service tonight help me to deliver my heart, my soul, and that that you've given to me, O God. Bless this message, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Everybody said, Amen. You may be seated. Now then, I want to read about another rich man. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. There was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs crumbs, not much, just crumbs, which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. And it come to pass that the beggar died and was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom, and the rich man also died and was buried. You have the account in this reading of two men, one rich and one extremely poor. One that had a lot and one that had nothing. One that wanted nothing, the other one had, and one that wanted everything, the other one had. Their worlds were totally contrasted because one was rich and the other was poor. And there is something about a man's riches that affects You and I, we analyze the statement of riches. What is really riches? What do you really term a man that's rich? What does it take for him to be classified in your thinking that this is a rich man? First we look at a man in his clothes, and you size him up and say this man is well-dressed. You look at his shoes, you look at his hair, you look at the way he's groomed, you look at everything about him. You study the automobile, perhaps that he drives, and attention would be drawn to any man that come on this campground in a big limousine with a chauffeur and when he got out of the car, a man with white gloves on got out and walked around, opened the door and let him out. You'd look at him and you'd shake your head. Not really knowing whether he was rich or whether that's all he had, you would measure him. You'd measure him by what you saw. Amen. If you come here in that atmosphere men would automatically look at you and say that man has much of this world's goods and that's the way we measure men we drive by a home and we look at it and that home has its effect on us and we say oh if i had a home like that but you really don't know what that home is like all you're looking at is the shell And you're not knowing what's on the inside. But when we start to measure a man, we look at him and we size him up. But really by what criteria can you bring out and say that I would measure a man in this manner and in this way? God does not measure men as I measure them. It's not how they sound. It's not who they are. It's not who their name is. It's not the way they're dressed. It's not the way they drive. It's simply God looks at us like we are. Hallelujah. 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 We size a man up by the cut of his clothes, by his hair. God looks at a man altogether differently. I don't think that God even stands long enough to look to see what you have and what you might have accumulated in this world. Eleven times the Lord spoke of a man in his natural riches in the New Testament. Nineteen times he spoke about riches in the spiritual sense. Almost twice as many times. Almost double the emphasis did God put on the fact that a man is rich in this world if he's rich in God. And when we stop looking at an individual, you cannot tell a man by looking at him about his experience in God. There is no way for you to know how much I've paid today. There's no way for you to know how much I've been with God today. But God knows. Hallelujah. 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 We a lot of times measure a man in Bear with me. I've got
2: all night.
0: I'm not going anywhere. I want to talk to you. You measure a man spiritually by how much he runs. You can't tell what a man's got by how much he shouts. Glory. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You cannot measure a man by how well he preaches. I've seen men preach a masterpiece. It sounded great. But when he closed the book, the message was closed. I sit there and wonder, God, what's wrong? Honey, don't say much to me but what you say. Let it be weighed by the Spirit and the power and the glory of God. Leave me something that I know that I've been in touch with God when you get through. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Don't stand here and dress me up and make me feel good. Let me shout, run the aisles, but Somewhere, Put me on my face in the presence of God and let me know that I've been with the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Riches. He said, I know. I know what you've got. I know about you. There's hardly a pastor in this audience, hardly an evangelist in this place that hasn't turned to Loop 19 and read about two men. I've preached about hell, and oh, I've been called a hellfire preacher all my life, and I suppose I am. You say, I don't believe you ought to scare people. Honey, you better get scared. This thing's about to come to a close. Hallelujah hallelujah but i've looked at that i thought oh god is that all you was telling me about is two men did you just let me know that a rich man was going to hell or was you trying to say something else to me i don't believe that our god put in this book scriptures just to take up space I don't believe that he taught in parables, call it a parable, call it what you want to. He said there was a certain rich man, call it what you will, but I don't believe it was just put here for you to look at and wonder what he was talking about. I believe that he was trying to get something over to you that we as a church have not yet seen that God is looking at riches different than we ever thought he would look at it. Could it be that Luke 19 or Luke 16 means more than what we've thought? Could it be that he was talking in terms of spiritual riches, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost? How many of you remember the time you got the Holy Ghost? I heard a preacher say last night at the Louisiana camp meeting, and I thought, well, dear God, I don't understand how you can say that. He said, I've almost forgot everything about when I got the Holy Ghost. Brother DeLuce, I wasn't there, but I remember what you said when you got it. Brother Lumpkin, you can probably tell me the time and the place that it happened. There's something about the Holy Ghost that God has put a premium on. HALLELUJAH! 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 Hallelujah. THE GREATEST OF ALL TREASURES WHEN WE THINK OF THE HOLY GHOST IT'S SOMETHING THAT WE ARE HANDLED SO LIGHTLY IT'S SOMETHING THAT SOME THINK NOTHING ABOUT IT'S SOMETHING THAT MEN GET TODAY AND SOME PEOPLE THROW IT AWAY HONEY I DON'T BELIEVE THAT YOU GET WHAT I'VE GOT AND THROW IT AWAY TOMORROW You don't get it tonight and lay it down the next day. There's something about this experience that changes a man and every part of him. Hallelujah. We had oh, and I like it. I'm not against it. You'll find that out. But honey, it's got to be genuine. We had a revival in our city, over a hundred got the Holy Ghost. And, uh, oh, it was, uh, it made me, uh, sit there and smack my lips and, and recount and regroup. And here I am. I've been knocking my head against the wall. I've been praying. I've been fasting. And God, our revival, we only got five. We only got eight. We only got ten. And here somebody got a hundred. And somebody else got a hundred and fifteen. And, And I got one of those boys in one end of a boat with me one day, way out in the middle of a lake, and I decided, you're going to talk to me and tell me about it, or I'll let you walk on. Yeah. They told me this was a traveling mic, so I'm going to travel a while. I said, I want to know my it must be great to have a hundred get the holy ghost in your church at one time but let me tell you something preacher i don't know whether you could handle it or not i've looked at god and wondered could i handle a hundred new babies at one time there's some things that goes in line with a man getting the holy ghost it's more than just praying through at the altar we've looked at the baptist church so long and made fun of the idea that it's a personal Savior. And, honey, it's got to be personal. There's nothing wholesale about this thing that you and I have got. There's nothing mass-produced about the Holy Ghost. A man either gets it or he don't get it. And when he gets it, he's not a saint. He's just a baby. And I said, God, how would I hold a 110 new babies at one time? my god with just eight or ten it keeps me running a bottle here a pacifier there diapers changed here clean up there help here help there picked up here in the mud there stop the corn fell here and oh lord if you had a hundred at once what in this world would i do i'd like to try it i'm not telling you i wouldn't but lumpkin it would thrill me to be able to say a hundred got the holy ghost but then when it boiled down to it i said look We're out here, nobody's here but you and me and God and the devil. I want to know about that hundred soul revival. And he looked at me and he said, well, he said, brother boss, you won't tell nobody. I didn't say nothing, but if he comes, don't you tell him I told you. I said, uh, uh, no, I just want to know. I want to know what you got to say about it. He said, did you know it's been about eight weeks and I looked at it Sunday. He said, I doubt if I could count five that's left in my church out of one hundred. I think that it would make the heart of God bow down in sackcloth if he knew that one hundred received this precious pearl of great Christ and then in five weeks laid it down and said, I'm through with it. Hallelujah. You see, the book tells me that the Holy Ghost is like the pearl of great price that when a man found the field that had that pearl in it it had that treasure in it he went out and sold everything he had and come back and bought the field he did not dare want to lose it i found what my heart's looking for and friend, i believe that when a man gets a baptism of the holy ghost there's something gonna happen to him that'll
2: make a new creature out of him hallelujah Hallelujah.
0: You may want me to go back to Texas tomorrow. I may want to go. But I'm telling you how I feel. hope oh, that God would help me do something about what's happening to my church. The church that I love. The church that I'm willing to die for. I can't stand there and watch the canker worm eat at the very foundation of the greatest thing I've ever seen. God, somehow, let us stand up and let the world know that there is reality in this experience. That there is power in this experience. That there's glory in what we've got. That this is the pole of great Christ. Hallelujah. Riches. Riches. See, when God looks at a man, he looks at things differently. He called the Holy Ghost pearl of great price. He said that's, that's one thing, when a man finds it, he'll sell everything he's got and he'll come and get it. You see, we've got to move in this world and uh, it's, it's here and God help us not to let it come into the church. We've got to move in this world that would sell you short of a real experience in God. They would tell you that you all you've got to do is to jabber and, and get this thing and shake a little bit and you got it. But honey, it does more than that. It makes you a new creature. It does something to a man that nothing else will do. What would you measure it with? Would you uh, say the Holy Ghost is equal to riches? That's what the Lord said. It's the treasure of all treasures. I, I listen to people singing. I love good singing. And I hear them say that we get to heaven, we're gonna put on some shoes and we're gonna shout all over God's heaven. We shout about streets of gold and I suppose that's all right. But what are you so keyed up about gold streets when you won't even let me wear a tie-tack? Hello! Why, well, it doesn't matter to me what them streets is made out of. I could care less if they're gold. Ah, they say, Brother Foster, you got a gold chain in your pocket. Brother Lumpkin, you rub it a little bit and your fingers turn green. It's not really gold. It's just gold colored. Yeah. When you get to looking at it, what do you care about the streets being gold? I know that's what he said. He said the walls were Jasper. I wouldn't know a Jasper if I saw it. He said the gates were made out of pearl. i never seen a pearl in my life that I really knew was a pearl. They got so many imitations of it and all of this. But then when it come down to God really measuring riches, when he got to talking about the Holy Ghost, he put the greatest price a pearl could have. And he said it's over there in a field. And when a man finds it, he'll sell everything to go and buy that pearl. Oh, hallelujah. And my friend, whether you're Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Catholic, or what you are tonight, if you get this baptism of the Holy Ghost that we're talking about, you're going to sell everything you've got in the world and go and buy that pile of great pleasure. It's not but one baptism of the Spirit. And that's a genuine baptism of the Holy Ghost. And you've got to have it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm rich! I'm rich! I'm rich! Just how rich are you, Brother Foss? Well, nobody probably would want my house. Nobody would want my car, especially with my notes. Hello. Well, maybe I'm the only preacher in Arkansas that has car notes. How many of you know what them things are? Do I need to explain what a car note is to you? Is that a stranger to you? Nobody would want anything I've got. They uh, break in everybody's houses and steal their clothes. I'd like to see the look on the man's face when he tried on mine. Nobody wants my clothes. Yeah. Nobody wants my shoes. Nobody wants anything I've got. But honey, let me tell you, one day the Lord give me something. That men that are used to walking on streets of gold, men that are used to seeing those gates of pearl, men that are used to knowing all about the presence of God, he said it was so great, it was so powerful, it was so wonderful
2: that the angels desire to see what I've got and to know just a little bit about what I have.
0: Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. But this experience is so great, and it's so wonderful, and it's so rich, it's so full, it's so free. He won't even let an angel tell a man how to get it. That's my treasure. That's my treasure. When he said under the church at Ephesus right, he wasn't talking to an angel. When he told the angel of the church at Ephesus, he was talking to a minister that was going to preach to that church. Under the angel of the church, to right. he was talking about me and you. He will not let a spiritual being come and tell you about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But that man that's bought the field, that man that's found the price, that man that's found the pearl, that man that's experienced it, he's the one that's going to tell you about that experience. That'll change a man.
2: Hallelujah! Hallelujah!
0: Hallelujah! Oh, glory! Glory! Rich! 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 Hallelujah! And it doesn't matter to me whether you believe this or not. That's all right. This is on credit anyway. I've never heard the voice of the Lord. I hear a lot of preachers say, God said this, and God told me this, honey, if God told it to you, it's going to happen. So you better watch out what you tie God to. If God says it, it's going to be just that way. Hallelujah. We was in a big revival in our church. I say a big revival, I think about 20 got the Holy Ghost. Such a powerful service that night. And I've never heard the audible voice of God. And I don't know whether I could stand it if I did. But I pray that if I ever hear it, I can understand what it's saying and what he's telling me. But I looked over to the side of our church building and I saw two, I suppose they were angels. That's what I took them to be. I saw two beings come into that church. They was not dressed in white. They were dressed in kind of a uh, uh, a real light gray colored uh, garb. And I couldn't tell about the features of their face. They were just men. looked like they were about 6'2". They walked in and they walked up and down the aisles of that church. And I watched them as the service was going on and people were praising God. And the Spirit of the Lord was there. I seen them raise up their hands walking down the aisles praising God. And oh, I've never felt that. It left me prostrate before the Lord for so long. But the thing that struck my heart was when they walked up to the altar. They was going up and down the altar. There was some shouting. There was some dancing. But they come to a man that was just about to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I watched them as they stood there. When that man started speaking in tongues, it seemed as though they was inquiring of what was going on. And I did not understand it until God spoke to me and said the angels, by impression, the angels desire to look into it. They know what the praises are. They know what the Shekinah glory is. They know all of it. But when they come to the Holy
2: Ghost, the angel stops at the perimeter of Calvary. They cannot go closer than that because that belongs to us.
0: Hallelujah, hallelujah, that belongs to us. Rich? Am I rich? Am I rich? Am I rich? Do you suppose that God in Luke 16 was talking only about a man that had plenty and a beggar that had nothing? Do you think that that man that had purple robes that had chains of gold about his neck, that sat down to a sumptuous table, that had everything that a man could desire. That poor beggar sitting out there soars over him as he paddled the corruption from his body and he waited for the men to come out for the scraps from the table hoping that they would just drop a crumb. Do you think that's all that God was talking to us about? Is that all that story tells you? That a man with a lot of money is going to hell and a man without anything is going to be saved? Is that all that he's got to say to you? Or could it be that when God looked back and he gave us the example that as it was in Noah's day, how many were saved in Noah's day? He said in that day too, be in the field and one taken and the other left. He said two would be in the bed and one taken and the other left. Could it be that that's the best, that's the best odds you can find? That may be 50%. When God looks at our church, could it be that he's talking about rich men? I wonder what we would be like if God would jerk the plastic off of us tonight. If God could really see and let you see the real O.R. Foss. If God could let you see the real James Lumpkin. If God could let you see the real Brother Hassel, Brother Joseph. For 100 miles she walked. And when she walked into the compound, all she asked for, Brother Barry, when the missionary found out who she was, she said you told me about him but I'm old and I forgot his name. Would you tell me his name again? Rich men wouldn't care but beggars ask for crimes. You've heard so much preaching we are so miserably overstuffed spiritually it's got to the place that unless the preacher does out of the ordinary it was just another sermon it was over honey look God is looking at you tonight you're rich and you've got beggars let's look at it tell me his name again you're asked to praise Him. Praise the Lord. Rich men. Hallelujah! I saw some of you a while ago while we were praising, said, Brother Foster, you shouldn't be looking around. Grant me that privilege. I saw one raise his hands and oh, yawn. Rich. 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 Praise the Lord rich man could I impress on you tonight you're rich I know you're rich he said you think you're rich you think that you have need of nothing there's nothing left now but to us a man to tell us his name don't just tell me his name tell me a story Rich folks it has got to wear the story of the three pigs almost does as much as a man burdening his soul for some of us. Some of us haven't been stirred so long. Brother Lumpkin, my heart burst in me when you walked to the pulpit in Louisville and you started preaching, bursting on the inside. I thought, oh God, a man with a burden. And here so many of us sat, we're untouched. We're divided in issues, we're divided in everything around us. We're so rich, we're not worried about what God is really doing on the inside and with us. We're rich, we're rich, we're rich, we're rich, we're rich, we're rich. rich. Tell me a story and thrill me. Let me run, let me dance, but oh, that God would send somebody. From the top it that would break me down and grind me in the powder
2: <clears throat>
0: Ever receiving always taking in It's always coming to me it's always coming in but I don't ever put out I never give it out have you ever stopped to think why it doesn't rain in a desert why does it rain on the coast because that sun draws moisture out of the ground before you can rain before you can give out something has got to come out you've got to give out before you can receive and he said you freely receive." Why don't you freely give? But a rich man don't give. What about it, Brother Foss? Where does that leave us? He give it to you, my friend. I don't have to tell you what he said, but I'm going to. God's indictment against the church. He said, "You thought you were rich, but you're naked." You're undone. You're wretched. And you're blind. You there And say, I don't need anything. I haven't been moved in so long when you ought to be praying, God, move me tonight! Oh, that God would strike the heart of the ministry of this church and move us like we've never been moved! You see, the next breath of God After he said, I know, he said, you buy of me gold tried in the fire. Where am I going to get it? Not at the seminary. And I'm not against Bible schools. No, but honey, Bible schools don't make preachers. My God, give us something that would do something with a new generation. If we lose a generation that's behind me. This church has lost it all! Buy of me gold! Where did you get it, James Lumpkin? Where did you get it, Brother Lyles? Brother Barry, where did it come from with you? I can tell you somewhere on your face before God. Brother Foster, do you mean what you're saying? Honey, look at me. In our Texas camp meeting, Our district superintendent, every morning, 7.30, taught a Bible study. And I'm not not so thin-skinned that uh, a person can't reason with me, but the disturbance that's in my soul demands that I talk to you a little bit. In that early morning worship, where we was on our face, where we was down praying, I thought, oh, God, I'm trying to buy some gold. What's the market? Honey, the market hadn't changed. It's just like it was years ago. That market is identically the same. But you could survey that audience. And out of the 150 preachers there, there wouldn't be not over about 10. That was under the age of 25. They've been up all night. They've been carousing all night. I'm not against you having a good time. But, oh, God, God's talking to a church. Buy of me, gold. Let's try it in a fire. You've got to get it. What's wrong, brother boss? What is it? We've got a church. It's got everything, but is that church headed for hell? Is that church headed for hell? Oh, brother boss, we got a few, honey. Just that one statement that you've got a few ought to shake you to your heart. I've got a few. If there's one that's lost. You need to step out there somewhere and wade into the mouth of that red hot hell and take those hands. And he said, you save some as though you pull them out of the fire. I can't explain it to you. I've never preached this kind of sermon at a camp meeting in my life. Oh, if God will help me get to you what's in my heart, buy of me gold. Buy of me gold. Buy of me gold. What do I want gold for? You've got so much. You've got more than anybody in the world. You look at the Baptists and you laugh at them. They say they're getting the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something, preacher. You be careful before you censor them. There's not one of us, there is not one of us What a man come from that church or any other denominal church, Brother Lumpkin, and said, I received the Holy Ghost in a prayer meeting and I spoke in tongues, and if he told you I wanted to be baptized in Jesus' name, you would not require him to go back to the altar and receive the Holy Ghost. But yet, because they don't come in, we say they didn't get it. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. You're rich. You're rich. You've got so many. You've got so much. You have felt so much. When that young, tender heart is melting under the impact of the Holy Ghost, there's some of us, Brother delusions, had it so long that we sit here and look around, and it doesn't do a thing in the world to us. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what happens. I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm rich. Have you thought about it? That out there at your door, just at the door of your church, I went to visit a woman in a hospital and I asked her, I said, uh, uh, do you know where our church is? She said, I've lived two blocks from your church for 15 years. My first cousin is a member of your church said are you serious yeah you've never visited us she made this statement i have never been invited to come to a pentecostal church ever and brother lumpkin that woman died eight days later i wonder What's the matter with my rich church? Is there beggars laying at my gate? That while we've been in there and we've shouted and we've danced... We've run the aisles. We've prayed for the sick. We've seen them healed. We've heard messages and tongues and interpretation. We've heard prophecy. We've heard preaching the best of sorts. We've sang. We've done everything there is to do. We've enjoyed the full course of the Pentecostal church. We've had everything that you could offer a man in church. And out there just around the corner, there's a beggar laying there at a gate, full of sin, sores, dying. Dying! Dying! Somebody! Just give me a crumb! Bring me just a crumb! I'm not asking for much, but let me have just the glove. Gold I'm rich. I'm so rich. I'm talking to people tonight. You haven't been shook up in a long time. Really? You haven't had a good washing out of tears in so long. Would you recognize that if God would really talk to you? And I'm talking to people that's got children, that's got children going to hell tonight. You say you believe that Jesus is coming? Honey, if He comes tonight, your little darling is going to wave in a red hot hell that's burning with fire and brimstone. And you don't care because you're rich. It doesn't matter to you. You've been able to get out of it. Every time you've wanted to get out of problems, fever come. You could go and say, Lord, help me. And that fever would go away. You've been able just to draw on that riches that you've had all the time. But the time's coming when them little darlings that you've loved so much is going to wallow in a red hot hell. And nobody can stir you enough to get you up. But dear God, somebody needs to get a stick and do like Abraham and stand at the altar and fight the fowls away and said you're not going to get the sacrifice that I've brought here. You're not going to do it. The art of burden bearing is a gone, lost art in the Pentecostal church. How long has it been since you heard anybody that had bought gold? I know it's the will of God. We've had a number get the Holy Ghost in our church the last few weeks. 95% of them have got it before they got to an altar. I thank God for that. Last year I baptized 31 consecutive converts. Every one of them got the Holy Ghost in the water. I thank God for that. Oh, but let me tell you something, honey. It wasn't because this preacher done the baptizing. It's not because this preacher does the laying on of the hands. Lay my hands on people and they receive the Holy Ghost. It's not me, it's God. It's God. What you need to be looking at is in the prayer room. You need to be looking at the auxiliary on Wednesday morning. How long has it been since you heard somebody buying gold? How long has it been since somebody went to the gold market and you saw them get down and they've really got under the load and you've heard the prayer of a travail that was about ready to bring forth a child? Hey, can I preach to you right here? Can I preach to you? But you see, we're rich now. We don't have to feel pains in labor anymore. Our children are born at the hands of experts. I'm rich, but the little sharecropper that don't have the insurance, the little sharecropper that don't have the money to go to the hospital, the one that still has to wait somewhere and perhaps a midwife come in and that mother brings that birth here natural and it comes the way that God made a woman to bear it the very way that she's formed she was formed to bring forth children the very build of this church demands that children be born to this church but we are bringing forth children in a painless way we don't know hear me church, hear me we're rich! We're rich! We're rich! We're rich! How long has it been since you've been on your base? God! Oh, God! Oh, God! And it's for your own flesh and blood. You're not worried about them. If you really believe what you say you believe, that Jesus was coming tonight, you'd go away from this campground and knock on that boy's door and tell him, Honey, wake up! Get up! Get up! Brother Foster, I wouldn't want to disturb him. No, the reason is because you're not disturbed. You're not disturbed. You're not disturbed. Can I say it here? Will you let me say it? Our riches has brought us a twilight birth. We have revivals. People get the Holy Ghost. The church suddenly wakes up and hardly knows that it's even been in a revival. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Fifty percent of your church never prayed in the altar. Fifty percent of them did not fast. Half of them didn't come half of the time. I'm not talking out of my head. Your church is just like mine. But, oh, when God got a hold of me and shook me and said, I want you to look at something you haven't looked at before, I begin to pray and I haven't got all that gold yet. But, oh, God, I need some gold tonight. I need something I haven't had tonight. I've got to have something that God hasn't let me find yet, but
2: I've got to find it
0: somehow. I've got to get a hold of it. It's got to be mine. See, back when this old gentleman sitting here, I saw him get up all ago and praise God. He was come into this world. You never found mothers that put their babies in a dresser drawer. You never found mothers that said they didn't want their children. You never found mothers that would leave them in a basket on somebody's front porch. You never found mothers that uh, uh, was ready to adopt those kids out. You never found mothers doing that. But today, because they know nothing about it, they don't really understand what birth is when they go into the jaws of death and bring forth a child there's something about it it wells that mother to that child it's mine I've watched them when the world turned their face on the boy I've watched them when nobody else wanted anything to do with the girl and that little mother would stand up and say she's mine she's mine she's mine
2: I've
0: watched little mothers go into a courtroom when the state was asking for the life of that no-good boy. I knew he was no good. I knew he was bad. He had raped, he had killed, he had robbed, he had stolen. And they've had, they had uh, so many law officers there to keep down an insurrection among the people in order to kill the man. I knew the man well. I had seen him. I would visited with him in his home. Sorry. Drank. No good. Bad. But I watched that little old mother full of the Holy Ghost. Eighty-one years old, the sheriff asked me to go into the jail and talk to the man, and I went in. He didn't want to talk to me, spit on the floor, I thought he was going to spit in my face, nothing to do with me or God. The sheriff wanted me to tell him, settle down, Dewey, settle down. This gang outside this jail wants to kill you. Settle down. He didn't care. Come in, handcuffed to two great big men. Sit down at a table. When he come in, you could hear the hissing over the audience. But I watched that little 81-year-old mother come walking in, slow. I watched her walk right up to the bar, right up to where the judge was. She looked at him said, sir can I sit by the defendant today? And he said, can you sit by the defendant? No, ma'am, you certainly cannot. Who are you? She said, you see, that's my baby boy, and I want to sit by him. I watched her brother Lumpkin when she walked over and kissed that boy on the cheek, put her arm around him, not one bit of expression in his face, he didn't care. But, you see, she had gone to death to bring him. What's the matter with you, church? You pray them through today. The Next week, they're gone. We ask you what happened to them. I don't know. They're just gone. Well, what happened to so-and-so? They quit. Well, have you been to see about him? No. They just didn't want to come. You know the reason? There was no travail. It don't mean anything to you. They come painless. Easy come. Easy go. It doesn't matter. Let them go. You see so and so, they're about to give up. Yeah, let them go. They didn't... They don't mean much anyway. Their tithes is not much. Well, what does it work? Oh, he, he's a laborer out here, but he don't mean much. Let him go. The reason you're rich, you really don't need him. You don't care. You had a twilight birth. You didn't bang any pains with him. He's gone now. Nobody wants him. Leave him on the doorstep of the devil. Let him go. Somebody else will get him. I'm talking to a church that's rich tonight. And God, help us to understand. Preacher, where are you? Where are you? How long has it been since God really gave you a fresh powerful message? You see, through you the word is conceived. It's through you that the conception takes place. The child can't be born until you have brought the seed. And God help us to understand tonight. God help us to look. We're rich. We're rich. I'm a good speaker people love to hear me speak, but oh God, I don't want to be just a speaker. I don't want to be just a preacher. I don't want to preach just camp meetings. Oh, that I could hide somewhere. God, let me be a father tonight. Let me reach a heart somewhere. Let that heart receive that word that you've given to me, and let me see them come to an altar. And, oh, God, give this mother, give this church the power to bring forth healthy, growing children like they ought to be. Oh, God, oh, God!
3: Well, Brother Foss,
0: I shouldn't care, no. I don't suppose... The rich man didn't care until he died and he went to hell. And when he got to hell, then he cared. He cared so much that he besought Abraham. Would you please send that dirty, sore-fingered, filthy beggar. Let him dip his finger in water and come and cool my tongue. Oh, God, I don't care if it's a beggar. I don't care. Let him cool my tongue, but then he thought about it. He said, just a minute. If you can't do that, go back! Go back! Go back! For the first time, he began to look through the eyes of God. Go back and tell my brethren, don't come here. Honey, if I could stir you tonight to the point that you could get on your face and tell God, tell him not to go there. God, help me to bring forth. the rich man and his riches could it be that tonight I am so wrapped up in my riches that I don't care could it be that you and I are so rich that God cannot talk to us are you really a stranger to the presence of God because you have been sheltered so long I hate to say this but I'm going to say it I've got people in my church at home that pay their tithes every Sunday they're in church tonight wonderful people they love me but I have sheltered them so long If the Lord comes while I'm gone, they'll never make it. Because they're a stranger to the real, genuine
2: power of God.
0: How do I close a service like this? I've been hunting a place to close now for several minutes but God have I told them what you wanted me to tell him? here we are what are you doing it for brother Hassel how much is this camp meeting going to cost roughly oh, five thousand dollars five thousand how much are we spending individually to come how much you reckon is being spent here in this meeting brother Lumpkin totally. 5,000 expenses. Here you've got two or three hundred thousand on this campground. You've got, before this is over, you'll have several thousand people here. Everybody spends a hundred dollars and that's being conservative. If 2,000 people are here and uh, each one of them spends a hundred dollars, how much have you spent? 200,000. What are you doing it for? You're rich. You come to shout. You come to dance. You come to run the aisles. You come to hug my neck. You come to tell James Lumpkin you're a good guy. You come to tell Brother Barry, Hey, I, I, I look forward to coming to see that big fellow right there. Oh, look, here's Brother McCool. I looked for Carl Denny tonight. I didn't see him till he walked across there to take up an offering. And I looked for several of you. And oh, that, is that what you come for? Do you mean that we are so rich that we can spend that much? And we can go away just like we come. Nothing happens. Nothing to us. Nothing but just a big lot of noise. Oh, that God would do something that's never happened to us before. This church is at its crossroads tonight. God help me. I don't want to go the way the rest of them have gone. I want this church to stay like it is. I don't want it to be like the rest of the world. I'm not a denomination. I am not a Protestant. I'm a Pentecostal and that's all. Do you mean that's all it means to you? I wonder what this camp would be if a hundred others stayed here and prayed all night tonight. I wonder what it would mean if we just called a fast tomorrow and nobody went to the kitchen. Everybody come to the tabernacle. We all prayed. Oh God, you see, we're rich. We don't have to worry. We're rich. Brother Boss, I hope you don't preach this away overnight. I hope God lets me out from under this burden. It's killing me. But I'm telling you, sir, I'm telling you, church, shake yourself. Get up. God has indicted you. He said, I know what you think, but you're naked. You're wretched. You're blind and buy me gold. He's got it. The gold's there. If you'll come after him, he's got that gold. Oh, that I could have that nugget tonight that belongs to me. One nugget of gold. Help me, Lord. Every eye closed, every head bowed. How do you feel about it? I wish that I knew that all of us was going to make it. I wished I knew that all of my brethren was ready to go. I wished you knew all about me. Aren't you tired of things being like they are? Wouldn't you like for it to be different? I thought the Lord was going to tarry, and I was all that I would ever be in God. I'd zip up this Bible tonight. I'd close this book. I'd go home a defeated man. I don't know about you, but I'm hungry tonight. I'm hungry. Take my riches. Take my houses.
1: Take my land.
0: I'll trade sunshine for rain. I'll trade happiness for sorrow. But God, I want what you've got for me tonight. Am I really all that you intended for a New Testament preacher to be? Am I everything you wanted me to be? God, I'm not rich, I'm a beggar, and I'm at your gate, somebody give me a crumb. James Lumpkin, I want a crumb. Brother Barry, I want a crumb. Brother Hamby, I don't want just a big time in this camp. Somebody give me a crumb. Brother Lyles, I don't want just to preach a sermon.
3: I'm looking for crumbs.
0: Give me something, Lord. Do you share it with me tonight? Do you share it with me tonight? I'm so tired of being what I've been. And the only way to change it is for me to buy gold. And I'm offering you gold tonight. Do you want gold? I don't think I ought to have to tell you what to do. Do you want me to step out there and direct traffic and tell you, come to the altar, do what you want to do? Isn't there something in you telling you what to do? I won't go, Brother Foss. I'm so tired of what I am. I'm so tired. I'm so poor.
3: I'm tired of just being a singer.
0: I'm tired of just being a pastor. I'm tired of being just an ordinary Sunday school teacher. God, I need something. And sir, the only way I know to close tonight is to turn this over to your superintendent. And let me go to the one that has the gold. I need some gold. God blesses my prayer, Brother Lumpkin.
3: Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where Thou has done, oh, draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to thy precious Folks ought to be streaming down to this altar tonight. You ought to be kneeling all over around here. But then some of you are too rich. Many of you are just too rich. But all oh, the pure delight of one single life That before thy throne I spend when I need.
1: Was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And the folks thought they were drunk, and Peter said, This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. In 1906, the Los Angeles Times should have run an article that said, And when the last days were fully come, they were 312 Azusa Street and all were in one accord and one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all of the house where they were sitting and there appeared to them cloven tongues like as the fire had set upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues just like they did back in the upper room. Well, it wasn't in a robe
2: of purple Where the Spirit of God shows the And it wasn't in a sacred pillow Where the Spirit of God really stands. But in a quiet upper room In Jerusalem the spirit came rushing like a mighty wind As the hundred and twenty stars speak in his eyes the And we you the We got to like a you at the upper room to <laughs> So, you got die like a You can You You a You a He's <laughs>